You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Anxiety is a natural emotional response to stress, fear or danger. Then it is no wonder why some are experiencing anxiety in the face of the climate crisis. Although not a clinical diagnosis, climate anxiety and related terms like eco-anxiety, ecological grief and solastalgia describes the distress, grief or anger caused by environmental destruction occurring now or presumed to occur in the future. Hello and welcome to China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget Mutambira. In this episode, our guests explore this phenomenon further. We chat with two medical practitioners who often meet and interact with young people experiencing anxiety in different scenarios. We have Dr. Jumin Lin, a practicing physician and psychological counselor affiliated at the second affiliated hospital of Shinto University Medical College, and Pamela Marawa, a recent graduate with Fujian Medical University who's conducted research on mental health during the pandemic. And our good friend Hazim, He's quite the environmental activist and his current PhD research focus area is on global environmental change. Although on a different topic, I'm glad to have you three on the program again, guys. Dr. Jimin Lin, what is climate anxiety or rather what is the correct term for it? Is it a mental illness? What does one need to understand by the terms climate distress or anxiety? Thanks Bridget. Well, climate anxiety, also known as ecological anxiety or mm-hmm. eco-anxiety, as well as eco-distress, mm-hmm. has been defined as a chronic fear of environmental doom based on the American Psychological Association. It can be understood as a generalized sense okay. that the ecological foundation of existence are in the process of a collapse. Here, I have to point out that some specialist use the term eco-anxiety as a synonym for climate anxiety, while others like to treat the term separately. Although much ecological disruptions result from climate change, Mm -hmm. some is caused by human activity directly or indirectly, such as deforestation. Mm -hmm. In this podcast, we would not distinguish between the two terms. What we need to know is that climate anxiety or distress is Mm -hmm. not a mental illness. Rather, it's uh, anxiety rooted in uh, uncertainty about the future and alerting us to the danger of the changing climate. Mm -hmm. Climate change is a real threat, and therefore, it's normal to experience worry and fear about the consequences. Anxiety about the climate is often accompanied by feelings of grief, anger, Mm. guilty, and shame, which in turn can affect mood, behavior, and thinking. Bridget. Okay, so there is a relationship between human natural emotional responses and climate. How does climate change lead to climate anxiety? I'm, you know, I'm still trying to coin these two. Mm-hmm. Well, climate change is a severe, ongoing and global threat, largely characterized by uncertainty and lack of understanding. Okay. For this reason, Anxiety and grief in humans is a natural and rational response uh, for those feeling fear or lack of control. For example, this could arise in people who are forced to leave their homes 
deal with uncertainty about their future environment or feel concern for the future harm of their children. Mm. So in addition to existential worries and fears about the future, mm-hmm. climate change can affect mental health directly, such as through natural disasters or heat, and indirectly through displacement, migration, and food insecurity. Mm-hmm. Rising temperature mm-hmm. can be associated with increase in emergency department visits for psychiatric reason mm-hmm. and may mm-hmm. impair cognitive development in children and adolescents. Furthermore, food insecurity is a associated with depression, anxiety, and behavioral problems. Mm. So that's some example of why climate change can lead to climate anxiety. It sounds like something that's quite serious here, Dr. Uh, Dr. Pamela. Mm. You have conducted research in mental health and moreover during the pandemic. But in addition to this, almost every day we have reports on climate crisis. It's not new though, but this whole summer we haven't been spared by reports revolving around climate crisis. We heard of heat waves and major droughts in the US, China and Europe, which actually are threatening the world's biggest economies. And we've also heard of researchers in hot zones like Florida and Australia reporting that nearly all turtles born in recent years are female and that it's directly related to climate change. And just a few weeks ago, um, we had forest fires in eastern Algeria, floods triggered by seasonal torrential rains in Sudan. What is triggering this anxiety in humans? Is it the media? Is it lack of knowledge or on how to convey the message about climate crisis? I think climate change, this topic is just a very controversial topic. And if anyone goes online and on even on media, Mm. when we get all these reports and all these news, it's just a lot. It's a lot of opinions from different people. It's a lot of perspectives from different people. Mm. So we can imagine we go online and if I type and then I see information about climate change, And some of the information may even talk about how humans also contribute into the climate change. Mm. So this information triggers climate anxiety, especially in most people. And this is mainly caused by people knowing the effects of climate change and the experience, like you said, of the heat waves, the natural disasters that are happening. Mm. It makes people even more and more anxious and worried about climate change and having this anxiety. So um, people are mostly worried about the future uncertainties, like what Dr. Jillman said. And they are worried about, they start feeling helpless. Mm. They're worried about their day-to-day activities. It's like whatever you do every day, you start thinking, am I contributing to climate change? Am I contributing to all these disasters that I'm seeing on social media? So I think media and how the message is being conveyed by different people with different opinions and perspectives does has an impact on climate change anxiety. Okay, so I literally shot myself in the foot here on behalf of all the media. (laughs) Oops. All right. Anyway, but who is mostly affected and perhaps why? What have been like statistics in different places? Is it is it mainly kids? Is it mainly adults? For kids, it's like traumatized. Yeah. So um, according to recent research, this is a global research that has been done. About fifty nine percent of people they feel extremely worried about the climate change anxiety, and about eighty four percent at least moderately worried about the climate change. So from this statistics, we also found that there was another paper that was, that the Lancet paper demonstrated that 84% 
of mm. young people and children are mostly affected by the climate change. And this is mainly because they are the people most affected by the effects of the climate change. So, yeah, as the statistics say, it faces on children and young adults from the age of 16 to 25 are more affected with climate anxiety. Okay, when one is experiencing climate change anxiety, what are they feeling? What are they going through? Do you have any examples in terms of research? What what does research say? Even when you consult with with colleagues and even from your background as somebody who has extensive research in mental health, what does one go through when they are experiencing climate change anxiety? When people are experiencing climate change anxiety, they Mm. normally feel guilty because, like we said before, the news that we see, Mm. the information we see, we start looking at ourselves in our day-to-day activities. How are we contributing to climate change? So you start feeling guilt, and at the same time you feel helpless because there Mm. are some things that you cannot change. It doesn't require only you. It, it probably requires um, the government. Maybe it requires a group of people to make a change. So you feel guilt, you feel helplessness, and you feel grief. Sometimes you feel anger. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it really does. Like what Dr. Gilman said, it affects the mood, the behavior, and our way of thinking. Mm, okay, so it's probably guilt on everyone anger. or maybe on the policymaker. I think I'd feel helpless you know sometimes you're just looking at you like oh my goodness what's next and yeah and you'll be more conscious about the things you're doing every day Mm. if you drive a car you're like if i do this am i contributing okay so we've heard from the psychologists we've heard from the researchers in mental health let's hear from the environmentalists yeah, we have Hazim. Hazim, should yes. the media kind of tone down on the language when breaking the news about climate crisis or a disaster? As an environmentalist, as somebody who's studying environment and climate change, what's your opinion? Should we just break it down and just say, look, you know what? Because we get the information as well from the environmentalist. What would you say? Would you rather it just comes out like that? Because it's triggering something. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Bridget. You have raised a very good question. So I think because uh, when we talk about climate change and especially when faced with different issues, mm. and as you mentioned, media is quite an important method for, you know, like for people around the world to get to know the news. So actually, mm. I think when facing with such kind of actions or like facing with such kind of problems, we need to get the power and voice of the local areas and then to spread them properly. We need to use take the media into use and then to tell everyone about the truth, to let them to know how it works and about the problem itself. Mm. So I think it is very important. Break it down like that? Yes. You also head delegate of China to Y2022 and your track focuses on sustainable, livable planets on global climate change issues. In that capacity, does it make you feel hopeless, though, when you see that there's no change with regards to like policy implementation, perhaps to save our planet? I ask this because it seems like things are just getting worse and we, are we doing enough to save our planet? Is it a hopeful situation? Yes, we will know. In fact, and, you know, like any policies, it's difficulties from prospering, for promoting and implementing. But I don't think I 
I would feel hopeless okay. because I think it is only helpful, you know, like to the world to be able to go ahead with policies that are in line with the actual situation mm. under different conditions, include relatively difficult conditions. So as you mentioned, like just this year, I had the privilege to participate in the Y20 Summit in Indo Indonesia, mm -hmm. where young people from different countries in different fields came together to offer their opinions on the world's development. So in the final communique, we urged G20 leaders to promptly adopt the proposals for an equitable recovery and transition mm. and also we reaffirmed education for sustainable development for all with robust knowledge exchange and capacity building you know like for joint action on planetary well-being as well as climate actions okay but you know how when we talk of systemic action like uh, back in the early 50s or 60s when climate crisis started gaining momentum or even early 2000 and when we oh, okay when i was in school it was always about how the future generation wouldn't have enough. The future generation would suffer because of what is being done now. Do you think this outlook has created a sort of laxness among the older generation when it comes to making and implementing policies because they're seeing the impact is doing something off? Do you feel like it's the youth's responsibility alone? And are you happy with just being applauded for environmental conservation and, and spreading the word? Because even like as I'm saying it i feel it's something that when it comes to climate conservation it's like something that okay the youth should do this the youth the youth the youth and then suddenly you know when you become an adult it's like people have forgotten mm -hmm. yeah you, you raised a very good question you know like actually in my opinion you know like the past is a fact that has happened especially for youth what we need to face is to deal with it objectively and rationally. Okay. However, we know that at the future generation, like for us, with the youth, we young people certainly need to shelter our responsibilities, of course. Mm -hmm. And I believe that in every era, there is a responsibility that belongs to that era for young people. So for climate change issues, I think we need to look ahead and see how to solve the problems rather than just blame the past. Mm. And we also need to remember the lessons of the past, of course, in order to have better solutions in the future. A example of my hometown. So mm. in my hometown of a small village called Qingman Miao village in Guizhou province. Okay. You know, like in the past 20 years, mm -hmm. this village has taken into account economic development while carrying out village habitat improvement activities such as village sewage pipe management and toilet revolution. Okay. So I think it is the cooperation and mutual trust from both the local government and to the people that it has been able to make it achieve both ecological planning and agricultural income. So the ecological management has been very effective to provide good conditions for tourism development as well. So I think in this way, not only for young people, but also the people from all the society, they can take their own responsibility and also take efforts to help with climate actions. We can do a lot of things. Okay, but um, relating your work to these efforts and even what you've just mentioned in your hometown, even when we look at Y2022, do you ever feel distressed though? How do you keep yourselves motivated to do your part or to make personal sacrifice when you don't see that it's having a significant impact in the larger scale of things. Yeah, you know, like when we are facing with such kind of climate, climate change issues, we're facing mm. with many obstacles. But I think we should also note that youth are the most active and vibrant force in society. Mm. We are as a whole. And, you know, necessarily 
we are the future of the world. So in my mind, younger generations are faced with the stark fact of a warming planet, which can cause mm. anxiety. Mm. So I think mm, maybe when, when I am anxious towards this, I think mm. I, will, I will be thinking about like young people need to act together, mm. help each other and support each other. And youth should understand where their strengths lie and mm -hmm. going to do what they are good at. So, um, for example, I am now also serving as one one of the young ambassadors of Global Alliance of Universities on Climate, which is called GAUC. Okay. And this alliance is launched by world's top 20, top 12 universities and aims at raising citizens' awareness of climate change. Mm -hmm. It is a very good platform and can really, you know, like everyone, I think, especially for youth, we mm -hmm. can really find some some of this kind of platform to encourage our service to be engaged in climate actions. You raise an interesting um, way of like coping with things like this. When you feel anxious, you're motivated to act, to do something about it, basically. Yes. Okay. And what, what helps you deal with climate anxiety, though? What else? What keeps you going as an environmentalist? So basically, you know, there is a main reason for me because my major till now is... Is 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 of climate change. Now I I okay. I'm I'm been keeping on focusing on water resources management. Not okay. only in my hometown, you know, like according to my previous experience when I served as an intern student mm -hmm. at UNICEF, mm -hmm. what I've been dealing with is also climate change actions in African continent for one year. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, based on my previous experiences, both theoretically and practically. Um, those are kind of reasons that keeps me just going, moving forward and also take it as my responsibility to face with such kind of problems in the framework of climate change actions. Okay, so there is hope after all. The fact that you keep going on, I, I feel that, you know, there, there's some kind of hope you're looking to achieving some positive, something positive one day. Yeah. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Okay, all right. Dr. Jimmy? Yes, yeah. Okay, we've heard all that has just been said here. How can we cope with climate change anxiety in creative ways? Oh, thanks for your valuable uh, question. The solution is vital for every individual. Okay. Well, I'd like to divide my answer into two parts. All right. For the first part, if I suffer climate change or a climate anxiety or distress, mm -hmm. what should I do? Mm -hmm. The key lies in two points. One, educate yourself to understand the climate anxiety or distress correctly. Mm -hmm. Bear in mind that it is common to suffer from climate anxiety or distress. It should not be a taboo or something to be ashamed of. Mm. On the contrary, there are two sides to the coin. Engaging with this emotional experience leads to uh, increase of resilience, reflection functioning, and collective action. So that's what our podcast is doing. Okay. Two, 
try not to put yourself in a situation where you have to face such a difficulty alone. Seek social support from family, friends, teachers, and social workers, mm. and seek support from psychological organizations. Uh, I completely uh, agree with uh, Dr. Pamela and all the specialists in here. Mm. We can use the social media and the groups, like mm. join an organization,、uh, for example, the Good Grief Network,、mm-hmm. can help you process feeling related to climate anxiety and connect with others to take meaningful action. And for the second part, as a family member or friend, you can consider showing your support in the following ways:、mm. one, listen and validate their concerns. You can say, "I hear you,"、mm. and it makes sense that you are worried or angry about this situation.、Mm. Tell them that you have my support.、Mm-hmm. Believe me, the experience of being accepted and supported is the beginning of healing. Mm. Companionship with friends and family members is a simple but effective way to ameliorate climate anxiety or distress. Okay. Two, based on their specific concerns related、uh, climate anxiety, offer your understanding of specific events from different perspectives,、mm. limited by life experience, especially、uh, children and young adults.、Mm. Um, climate anxiety is often a cognitive. Problem, where people are trapped in their own thoughts. Okay. okay. So analysis from different perspectives can help them better understand the situation and make changes.、Mm. Three, take them to contact nature, join groups, and discuss whether there are relatively good strategies that we can tr-、uh, do to、mm. alleviate problem.、Mm. Support family members or friends' decision to make changes to their lifestyles. Especially changes they can witness at home and activity.、Mm-hmm. The changes they experience can strengthen confidence and ability to deal with problems.、Mm. And four, last but not least, educate yourself. I voice that again、okay. and share、uh, today's knowledge to the one who need it.、Mm. If the situation is beyond your ability, such as efforts to improve. Or even an emergency,、uh, such as attempt to suicide.、Mm. Um, please spend time together, searching psychological organizations that they can get involved with,、mm. and help them seek professional help. So that's the key practice step- steps that can cope with climate anxiety、mm. and、um, I think the distress.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Jimmy and、uh, Dr. Pam. From a clinical or medical perspective, what can we do to reduce this anxiety? From what you have studied and what could be what could be the way forward?、Um, Dr. Jumin has already act, like he really explained everything and、mm. most of the things that、uh, we are supposed to do to reduce this climate、um, anxiety.、Mm. He really stressed all the points, most of them. Uh, but I'll I'll just also add、um, add a few points that、um, even the World Health Organization has actually seen it as a a very a potential risk that、mm-hmm. climate change anxiety is actually a potential a potential risk. So according to a conference that they have been held lately, they are actually urging they've they've included a new policy that they are urging many countries to include mental health.、Um, 
um, policies in the uh, issue of climate change. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the governments will, because of this, that have been aided by the World Health Organization, the government are also will also help us with um, communities and um, and and more help on the mental health issues. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to individual help and um, us helping young people as well, Dr. Jermaine has already exhausted most of the most important things. Mm. Okay, Dr. Pam Hazim and Dr. Jimmy, thank you for sharing with us on this discussion. Listeners, we hope our discussion has provided uh, some useful suggestions to cope with climate anxiety. As the doctors recommended, and our environmentalist here, Hazim, Find a community, take an authentic action, focus on what you can control, take time to take care of yourself and ask for help when needed. And remember, you're not alone. Uh, that's it, folks, for this edition of China Africa Talk. Until next time, it's goodbye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.